suitcase from the bank Cause if you want the best But you don't ask questions then Hello folks and welcome to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. My name is Graham Stevens and I really hope that I can bring a smile to your face. Hello there and welcome back. Joyce Irene Grenfell OBE was born on the 10th of February 1910. She was an English disseurs, singer, actress and writer. She was known for the songs and monologues she wrote and performed, at first in reviews and later in her solo shows. She never appeared as a stage actress, but had roles mostly comic in many films, including Miss Gossage in The Happiest Days of Your Life in 1950, Police Sergeant Ruby Gates in the St Trinian series from 1954. She was a well-known broadcaster on radio and television. As a writer, she was the first radio critic for The Observer, contributed to Punch and published a volume of memoirs. Born to an affluent Anglo-American family, Joyce had abandoned early hopes of becoming an actress when she was invited to perform a comic monologue in a West End review in 1939. Its success led to a career as an entertainer, giving her creations in theatres in five continents between 1940 and 1969. So, let's spend an hour in the company of George Grenfell. I'm going to see you today All's well with my world And the people that I meet Hurry down the street, seem to know I'm on my way, coming to you. This is a beautiful day, I'm treading on air, and my feet have taken to wings, my heart with happiness sings, I'll see. Letter day, it's come at last, you see. Couldn't really be a better day, it's meant for you and me. This day we've been awaiting patiently. It is enchantment to me. I'm going to see you today. People that I meet as I hurry down the street seem to know I'm on my way coming to you. This is a beautiful day. I'm treading on air and my feet have taken to wings. My heart with happiness sings. I'll see you today. Now come along, we're 
we're going to do our nice moving to music this morning. So let's make a lovely fairy ring, shall we? And then we'll all be flowers growing in the grass. Now let's make a big circle, spread out, wider, wider, just fingertips touching. That's it. Sue, let go of Neville. Well, because flowers don't hold hands, they just touch fingertips. Sue, let go of Neville. And Sue, we don't want grumblers in our fairy ring, do we? We only want smilers. Yes, David, you're a smiler. Yes, Lavinia, you are. And Peggy, yes, you're all smilers. Now, quiet, please. Don't get so excited. Now, quiet. And Sue's going to be a smiler in a minute, aren't you, Sue? That's better. George! Don't do that. Now then, let's all put on our thinking caps and we'll think what flower we're going to choose to be. Are you ready? Lavinia. A bluebell. Good. Peggy. A red rose. That's nice. Neville. A wild rose. Well done, Neville. Sydney. Sydney, pay attention, please, and don't pummel rosemary. What flower are you going to choose to be? A horse isn't a flower, Sydney. No, children, that isn't funny. It's very silly. And if Sydney can't think of a better flower than that, I think we'll go on to somebody else until he can. Now then, Sue, what about you? Another rose. Oh, I've got a lovely bunch of roses, haven't I? Peggy's a red one, and Neville is a wild one, and I expect you're a beautiful white one, aren't you? Oh, you're another red one. All right. Now then, Sydney. A carrot isn't a flower, Sydney. Now think, dear, and don't blow like that. How about being a tulip? Well, a holly leaf isn't a flower, Sydney. All right, you be a holly leaf. Now then, children, listen very carefully. Elvis, stop bouncing. No, bouncing isn't dancing. Elvis, don't argue, dear. Now, you watch the others and you'll see. Now, when Miss Bolting plays her music, I want us all to get up onto our tipmost toes, light as feathers, and dance away all over the room wherever the music takes us. And remember, we're lovely flowers growing in the grass. Everybody ready? Oh, just a minute, Miss Bolting. Sydney, Sydney, come here, please. What have you got in your mouth? I can't hear a word you're saying, Sydney, so go out of the room and spit it out, whatever it is, and then come back and tell me what it was. And Sydney, both feet, don't hop. Now then, we're not going to wait for a silly little boy who puts things in his mouth like a baby. We're going to be lovely flowers growing in the grass. And the sun is shining down on us to make us grow tall. And Geoffrey, stand up, dear. Flowers don't look backwards through their legs, do they? What flower are you? A fat daisy, are you? <laughs> well, that's nice. Now, Hazel, what do we do with our heads? We hold them up. I should think so. Come in, Sydney. Come in. There's no need to knock the door down like that, is there? Now, what did you have in your mouth? It can't have been nothing, Sydney, because I distinctly saw something. Yes, I know it's nothing now, but what was it then? A big button. Well, I'm very glad you spat it out, aren't you? You didn't? Well, do you feel all right, Sydney? Well, get back into your place, then. Where did you get the button from? Off Rosemary's pink frock. I'm ashamed of you, Sydney. A big boy of four to go around eating buttons off little girls' frocks. What flower are you going to be? I've quite forgotten. You better be a hollyhock. Sydney, you cannot be a super jet. And if you're going to be a cross patch, you better go and sit down over there until you're a nice boy again. And you'd better be thinking what flower you're going to be. And then you can go on. Go and sit there. And then you... George! Now then, children, we're ready. Now listen carefully to the music and then dance like a flower. And we're ready at last, Miss Bolting. I am so sorry. One, two, off we go. Dance, Neville. Don't just stand there. Hazel, dear, use your arms. 
to breathe, Peggy. Breathe, dear. George, rhythm. Yes, you can. Cheer up, you're a happy flower. Yes, you are. Because I say so. Oh, good, Sydney. I knew you'd think of something you'd like to be. All right, you shall be a cauliflower. Only be it gently. My neighbour, Mrs. Fanshawe, is portly, plump and gay. She must be over 67 if she is a day. You might have thought her life was dull, it's one long pearl instead. I asked her all about it, and this is what she said. I've joined an old-time dance club, the trouble is that there are too many ladies over and no gentlemen to spare. It seems a shame... It's not the same, but still it has to be. Some ladies have to dance together. One of them is me. So stately as a galleon, I sail across the floor. Doing the military two-step as in the days of yore. I dance with Mrs. Tibbett and she's light on her feet in spite of turning the scale at 14 stone and being of medium height. So gay the band, so giddy the sight, full evening dresses are must. But the zest goes out of a beautiful waltz when you dance it bust to bust. We sail across the floor Doing the vals for later As in the days of yore The gent is Mrs. Tiverton And I am a lady fair She bows to me ever so nicely And I curtsy to her with care So gay the band, so giddy the sight But it's not the same in the end For a lady is never a gentleman though she may be a bosom friend So stately as two galleons We sail across the floor Doing the dear old lancers As in the days of yore I'm led by Mrs. Tivert And she whirls me round and round And though she manoeuvres me wonderfully well I never get off so gay the band, so giddy the sight I try not to get depressed And it's done me a power of good to explode And get this all off me chest Is this not a smashing cocktail party? I am so fond of a cocktail party. I think it's so nice to say hello and goodbye quick and to have little things for eating. It's so guy. Yes, we are here in London with my husband. My husband is having business associates here in London, so we are coming to London. And we are coming to Oslo, Copenhagen, Amsterdam, Paris, New York, all over. And everywhere we are, there is a cocktail party. It's most kind.
Respond, you are knowing Lady Hating. Uh, she is a tall, thin English lady, and when I am here two years ago, Lady Hitting, she is most kind for me. We are making a sightsee for London. Oh, uh, well, we are seeing the Tite Gallery for some artworks, and we are walking up and down Piccadilly, and we are going to the Ideal Homes exhibition. Lady Hitting is good for cooking, and I am for bringing her a little gift horse from my country. Is a little chipple chopper. Oh, a triple chopper. Well, now, this is a little gadget knife. It's for cutting up celery. I think she will find him most useless. Oh, thank you. I would like something for eating. What is that? No, thank you. You are from London? Oh, you are from Cardiff. Oh, that is nice. I was once in Scotland. Hello, how are you? I am smashing well. Thank you, thank you. You have seen Lady Hitting? No, not yet. No, ta-da, ta-da for now. Thank you. I would like something for eating. What, what, what is that? No, thank you. Oh, Mrs. Antrobus, I am so happy for seeing you again. Now, may I present here as a nice gentleman from Scotland. This is Mrs. Antrobus from Godalming in Surrey. And how is Mr. Antrobus? Oh, are you still having that so amusing little cat? You know, my husband and I, we are often laughing about that little cat from Mrs. Antrobus. He's a most amusing and unusual little animal. You remember your little cat? I thought it was you who was having that little cat. Are you sure? Well, it was this little cat was sneezing in rhythm to the music of Brahms. He is not sneezing for Mozart, not for Beethoven, Shostakovich, Puccini, no, 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 no. Only for Brahms. This was a little black cat with a white under. And when he was going to the piano, the little cat is for sneezing. You have no piano and no little cat? Oh, that is so sad. You know, I think it was a little cat from England. But we are so many places all over. We are in Buenos Aires and we are in Melbourne, in San Francisco, in Slough. We are all the time. We are somewhere. Hello, how are you? I am sensational. Thank you. No, I do not see Lady Hitting. I think she is not here. She is here? Where? Ah, that is Lady Hitting there in the doorway, in the purple dress with the Mexican jewelry. Oh, Lady Hitting! Oh, Lady Hitting, I am so happy to see your jolly old face again. Yes, I think we would like something for eating, would we not? What is those? You first. Thank you, thank you, I will. Is there an ashtray? If I had a wish, said the woman on the bus, I know what I'd like to see. I'd like a great big enormous gorgeous party, and the bell of the ball is me. And I'd take a walk down a circular stair in a rich red velvet gown. There'd be a great big enormous gorgeous silence as I come a willowing down. I'd get all the neighbours to come along, the Queen and the Prince as well. And all the film stars, the telly ones too, and some newspaper fellas to tell us all about it. If I had a wish, said the woman on the bus, I know what I'd like to see. Oh, who is that fascinating lady fair? A coming 
down the marvellous marble stair with a ruddy great tirara in her ear and I'd say turn it up it's me Dad go and settle yourself in your chair outside and I'll bring the tea as soon as it's ready and mind the step dear well you missed it yesterday okay okay I'm not fussing. Hello, Ken. Hello, beautiful yourself. I'm sorry to bother you in the middle of office hours, but, you know, it's so difficult to find a time when Dad's not near the phone. He's out on the porch. Oh, about the same, but it's been a bad morning after a bad night. He couldn't sleep. Look, dear, I can't come out tonight. Well, because I can't leave him. Oh, yeah, he's got the radio, he's got the dog, and it's high time he got used to being left on his own, etc., etc. But, you know, I can't leave him tonight. Well... Well, he gets the willies when he's alone in the house, and I wouldn't have a minute's peace, you know. I'd be imagining this and that, and... Ken, I do want to come. I know it's been going on like this for ages. Oh, Ken, don't say that. No, you don't wish it. You couldn't. No, I don't. Of course I don't. He's my father. Oh, damn, just a minute. He's yelling for me. Hang on. It hasn't boiled yet, Dad. I'll be... Oh, all right. Well, you turn it on and you start listening. I'll be out in a minute. He's got the portable radio out there and there's some play he wants me to listen to with him. Yeah, he can hear it. You know, if we put it on loud enough, pity the poor neighbours. Look, you wouldn't feel like coming round later, would you? I know it always works out that way. Oh, I hear it's a wonderful picture. Oh, I wish you'd see it and then you can tell me about it later. I'm not being noble. I'm just wishing I could go with you. I'm feeling a bit, you know. No, I can't, Ken. Well, I did ask Letty to come over and sit with him, but she's got the kids and Frank and... Well, it's a hell of a way over here, you know, and they do take him out in the car every Sunday. I put him first because I have to put him first. But you know what I feel about you. Look, if we could afford a housekeeper, we'd have a housekeeper, and it won't go on forever, love. What did you say? Well, maybe it is best not to meet, then, if that's how you feel. Well, it won't bring me to my senses, Ken. Well, I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm torn in two all the time because I love you and because although he drives me mad, I've got to look after my father. Well, because he's old and I'm fond of him. Even when I want to scream because he's so slow and so difficult and that. But, but Well, because I remember when he wasn't like that, when he used to be good fun and make us laugh. And Well, I can't just go off and leave him. I suspect it is bloody hard on you. No, we're not getting any younger. Well, that's that then, isn't it? Oh, don't let's talk any more about it. Can I mean, what's the good of talking about it? I may sound funny, but I don't feel very funny. And I've got to go, he's calling again. Okay, Dad, I said I'd come when the tea was ready. Okay, I'll bring your toffees when I come. I must go. Well, because he needs me. All right, I will go and be a little ray of sunshine. It's a very good idea. Thank you for thinking of it. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. God. Yes, then I was on the phone. Oh, I was only Letty. Yeah, just say she'll be over as usual on Sunday. I am getting.
in your tea. Yes, it is nice, isn't it? Catchy. What is it, Norman? I don't know. Well, I know it. It goes... You must remember yes. this. You've heard it before. Oh, dear. Go on, Norman. Shall I? Yes, you've got an awfully nice voice. Oh, silly. No, I mean it. No, no. What's that? Different notes, silly. Oh. I mean, I got it. That's it. on Saturday. The scene is in a kitchen. Anna! Anna, I'm sorry to bother you when you're busy. I know you're just getting the supper. Oh, Brian let me in. Well, it won't matter if it's five minutes late for once, will it? Oh, Anna, do stop stirring. I've come to see you because I need help. That's what sisters are for, in case you don't know. Anna, I am not dramatizing. Honestly. Well, all right, then I am dramatizing. I think it is quite dramatic. I'm not going to marry Alan. Oh, don't look so stricken. I know the wedding is on Saturday, and you've been so marvellous about everything, my clothes and having the party here afterwards, and I know how relieved you and Brian were when you thought you'd got me off your hands at last. No, Anna, that's not ungrateful. It's just being honest. I don't blame you. I've been hanging around far too long. 
But I can't marry Alan, and I don't know how I'm going to tell him. Oh, I think I've known for about two days. He's away on business up in Nottingham, and he's coming back this evening. And today was my last day at the office, and I've been tidying up. I'm handing over to Jem Tidwell. Did I tell you? She's got my job. And all of a sudden, it came over me. The whole thing is a mistake. I mean, it's a mistake. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't marry Alan, and I'm, I'm not panicking. I'm absolutely calm. I suppose when you're young, it's quite easy to get married. But when you're over 40, to put it mildly, oh, I'm sure everybody will think it's very funny. Middle-aged spinster, does she know the facts? Yes, she does, thank you very much. Personally. Yes, I do mean personally. Oh, Anna, it was years ago, and you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Oh, it was when I was evacuated up to North Wales in the war and you were in the Ats at Swindon or Salisbury or wherever it was. Yes, I was, much too young. Anna, I'm not going to tell you who it was. You didn't even know him. Nor did I come to that. And that's why it's all so miserable. No, I didn't want to marry him. He was too young, too, and he, he wasn't very nice and he wasn't very attractive. He was only sort of fascinating. Yes, of course, I was shattered. I nearly died of it. It was agonizing. Guilty. I've never been so guilty in my life. And we all went home that Easter, and I was, I was certain absolutely everybody must know. They must know. I've never been so miserable. That's when I decided I was going to be a nursing missionary. Lasted a whole week. Oh, I got over it, because you do. But I'm not very modern, Anna. And I don't know how I'm going to tell Alan. Oh, Anna, not about that. Anyway, he knows. I mean, about not marrying him. Well, I feel so trapped. Everyone's so pleased for me. And Alan sold his house, and we've decorated the flat, and his daughter, she's just like you, she's so relieved to have got him off her hands, and Alan's so damned happy. Yes, I was, I know I was, but it's all gone. Oh, hello, Brian. I'm afraid your supper's going to be a bit late because I had to talk to Anna. I'm not going to marry Alan. Look at his face. I know the wedding is on Saturday. Yes, I'm sure everyone will think it's jolly funny. Yes, I was mad for Alan to ask me to marry him. He's very attractive, and I loved him. And it was nice to be wanted. I've been on my own for so long, I nearly suffocated. Well, perhaps I've been on my own for too long, leading my own tidy little life in my own tidy little way. And now that I've got a chance to get away from it, it all looks beautiful and orderly, and it's mine. And I don't know how I'm going to tell Alan. Yes, Anna, I know it's my job to tell him. And I must go and do it. I'm meeting him at the flat. We're supposed to be putting up the books. We've been lugging them up there every time we go, his and hers. And they're all over the floor. He'll be there now, I think. I can just see him standing there, not knowing where to begin. I hope the paint's dry on those shelves. Not that it matters. I wonder if he feels like this. I hadn't thought of that. Perhaps he doesn't want to marry me. I must go and tell him it's all right. It is all right. Do you know, I must be dotty. I, I can't think what came over me. It's really too stupid. Listen, you two. Swear you'll never tell a living soul that I came here this evening. And I swear, it never happened. No, Brian, I I'll let myself out. No, it's all right. Do hope he's there. I think he will be. It's all right. Dear Francois, 
Out of the blue I write to you To say that all is well in London still I trust your wife is well You too Do write and tell me all your news My daughter Adrian is growing up She's seventeen today I thought you'd like to hear After so long That all's well here I wish you could see my daughter She's not in the least like me She's small and dark and lightly made Not in the least bit English, I'm afraid I wish you could see my daughter She's amusing and she's kind She's got a lively mind Like you I'm very proud of her There's no excuse for writing now I thought I never would What's past is past And both of us are happy now And so the news is good Perhaps I'm wrong in writing But it's all so far away Another world But I am grateful for the past Today, I wish you could know my daughter Oh, I'm prejudiced, I agree But nonetheless she does impress everyone else And so it's not just me I felt I must talk about her But it's the middle of the night And a foolish time to write I said I Francois, have no fear, I will not fail. This letter will not reach you, that I swear. I write you every year, but none of my letters ever catch the mail. You are listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. As this week, I invite you to listen to an hour of Joyce Grenfell. Shell, do you know, I didn't think you wasn't never going to see me no more again the other night. It's a fact. Well, you know my boy Norm? You know, the one that drives the lorry with the big ears. Well, the other day was Norm's mum's birthday, see? So we all went over to the fun fair for a bit of a laugh. There was Norm, Norm's mum, and Norm's mum's lodger, Mr Pilchard. He's the one that went on What's My Line and nobody guessed him. Well, when we get to the fun fair, Norm says that wild horses wouldn't drag him onto anything that goes round and round. Oh, because he can't do with it. Now he turns pale green and you have to be nice to him. But Mr Pilchard says he don't mind coming round the twisted tower on a little mat, but he does draw the line at going on the giant wheel. And of course it's this giant wheel that Norm's mum's so dead keen to get on, see? I think it's funny her liking anything as daring as that, because she's on the nervy side, isn't she? Well, I mean, she don't fancy lighting the gas. 
and she can't come down a ladder once she's got up it, and she always feels funny after fish. But this giant wheel, she says, look, she says, it's my birthday and I am going on it willy or nilly. Well, I can't let her go alone, you see. So I says to Norm, look, you and Mr Pilchard, you go over there somewhere. Go on, go and find yourselves a cup of tea and wait and see us come looming over the horizon in the giant wheel. Well, as we're going along to get on it, Norm's mum says to me, she says, you're going to enjoy it, you know. It's like you've got wings on. Well, I says, we've all got to go in the end if our name's on it. Come on. Well, this attendant fella, you know, he says, room for a little one in here. And he puts Norm's mum in with a sailor. And he says, and room for you in here. And I get put in a seat with a teddy boy-like fella. You know, he's got his hair all cut long and curly up in the front, like. And he's sprawled all over the seat. So I say, good evening. And he says, hello. And I say, nice weather for the time of year. And he says, so what? Well, we fastens ourselves into the giant wheel. You know the giant wheel, don't you, Short? You know, it's that great, big, huge, enormous wheel you see sticking out of the top of Funfairs before you get there. It's got these little seats, like, that hang down. And when the wheel turns, you'd think those little seats was going to turn over. But they don't. No, they go on hanging down. Well, it's scientific. Well, we get started. And when we get up to the top, like, everybody gives a little scream because it makes you feel like you might go over. And I like a nice little scream. You know, when it's for pleasure. We done this, what, two, three times? And about the fourth time, when we get right up at the top, me and the teddy boy fella, the engine stops. It's gone wrong, see? Well, I look over the side and I can see Norm's mum down there. I says, are you all right? She says, I'm all right. You all right? I says, I'm all right. She says, I'm all right. I've got a sailor with his arm round me waist. She's always been keen on the Navy, you know, ever since she could remember. Well, my teddy boy just sits there, glazed. I says to him, you know, we're stuck up here. And he says, so what? I says, tar for the chat. Mind you, don't wear yourself out with talking. Well, I sing to myself, you know, past the time I done them, um, we'll gather lilacs. But he just sits there with his eyes shut, so I nudge him, see if he's dead. And he says, I don't like it up here. He says, I'm going to get out of it. So I says, go on, walk. <laughs> well, you'd have thought, Norman, Mr Pilchard would have noticed we hadn't come down by now. There's quite a little crowd gathered down there. And after me, I, I see Norm. I recognise him by his slightly prominent ears. So I give him a little yell, and he says, How did you get up there? I says, I got flew up on a broomstick. Well, he says, You don't half look silly. Why don't you fly down? So I says, Look, Mr Clever, if you're such a good motor mechanic, why don't you mend what's wrong, eh? Well, I see him hesitate. Then he speaks to somebody, takes his coat off, tampers with this and that, gets the engine started, and of course we come down, and he's the hero of the day. Oh, everyone says, well, he's the jolly good fella. And he turns red. And he says, it wasn't nothing, he said. All he'd done, he said, was get a bolting leech cleat off of a D-valve swithing circuit. Oh, I says, fancy you being able to get a bolting leech cleat off of a D-valve swithing circuit? Oh, I says, it wasn't difficult. He says, look, he says, I never meant it just now when I said you look silly. He says, you're all right. I says, so are you. He says, shut up. Oh, he is nice.
the dinner for twelve. She rested all day long. She rested all day long. Oh, she ordered the meal and directed the cook. Ordered the flowers, took a last look at the table, but she rested all day long. She rested all day long. Down below in her kitchen kingdom, the cook, Mrs. Cooper, reigned supreme. Down in the kitchen, working miracles with butter, sugar, and cream. Bullying the kitchenmaid, called Maisie. Bullying the scullery girl, called Flo. Keeping everybody in her kitchen, hurrying to and fro. Down below in his butler's pantry, the grand Mr. Harrison reigned. Down in his butler's pantry, lording it over the young persons he had trained. Ordering the parlour maid, called Beatrice. Ordering the pantry boy, called Jim. Keeping everybody in his kingdom running around for him. When Mama gave a dinner for twelve, she rested all day long. She rested all day long. Oh, she ordered the meal and directed the cook. Ordered the flowers, took a last look at the table, but she rested all day long. She rested all day long. Up above in her nursery kingdom, Nanny contrived to quiet her flock. Up above in the nursery, seeing the rocking horse didn't rock. Gloomily, the schoolgirls in the schoolroom tidily infringed the menus right for their parents' dinner party later on that night. When Mama gave a dinner for twelve, she rested all day long. She rested all day long. Just home from the office. Oh, surely my watch can't be right. I've only an hour to do it in, and we're giving a dinner tonight. Hello, my name is Marty Windhow, and I'm a music student from the United States of America. I'm here on a traveling fellowship to write a thesis on the sonata form, and I was very happy to obtain a free pass to your recital this evening, and I quite well enjoyed the way you exposed the contours of the Prokofiev sonata you let us hear, although, you know, your interpretation does conflict somewhat with interpretations I have familiarized myself with on disc, but I think your viewpoint is very valid, although I would like to discuss with you sometime the premise from which you tangentized your explorations. I think I could say I had derived some intellectual satisfaction from your display of pyrotechnics, although my emotions were only semi-engaged. But it was a cogent performance, and I would very much like to sit in on some of your study sessions with you. Now, I have ideas I'd be very happy to share with you, and I think it could be mutually very beneficial. I can be reached at this address in Earl's Court for a few weeks, and I am looking forward to hearing from you very shortly. Now, listen, I must not keep you from your other friends. Oh, it's lovely knowing you. I'm a picture postcard that your Uncle Willie kept in his wallet till the very day he died. I'm a picture postcard 
that your auntie Millie found in your uncle Willie's wallet when he dropped it on the ground. How your uncle Willie frowned, how your auntie Millie cried, for she was only a bride. He lied, of course, he tried, of course, denied he'd ever known me. He sighed, of course, he cried, of course, pretended to disown me. But I'm the picture postcard that your Uncle Willie kept in his wallet till the very day he died. While awake or while he slept in his wallet ever after till the very day. Showgirl I played at the palace In the first war long ago And he was a subaltern in the blues And oh, he loved me so But he was already promised To the Lady Millicent Platt And though it seemed a pity That was that I knew at the time it was kismet It wouldn't have worked, you see For they don't marry actresses in the blues so that was that for me, but oh, the happiness, oh, the joy, even now the memory kindles, then we parted brokenheartedly, one summer is Sunday at skin. A postcard that your Uncle Willie kept in his wallet Till the very day he died While awake or while he slept In his wallet ever after Till the very day The very day he Pay attention, please. Everybody turn round this way, please. We've got a lovely surprise this morning. We've got a visitor. Isn't that nice? Yes, it is, Sydney. And what do we say to our visitor? We say, good morning, visitor. No, Peggy, our visitor hasn't got a funny hat on. That's her hair. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Hingle, I'm afraid. We are a trifle outspoken sometimes. Well, you find us having a free activity period this morning, and in our free activity periods, each little individual chooses his or her own form of occupation. Get out from under the table there, please, Sydney. Yes, some of us paint, and some of us do plaster scene work, or go to a stand table over there. We feel that each little individual has got to get to the bottom of himself and learn what he wants of life. Who is making that buzzing noise? Well, stop it, please, Neville. Hazel, dear, come away from the door and get something to do. I do love to see them all so happily occupied, each little one expressing his own personality. George, 
Don't do that. And this is my friend Caroline, and Caroline's painting such a lovely red picture, aren't you, Caroline? I wonder what it is. Perhaps it's a lovely red orange, is it, or a sunset? Oh, it's a picture of Mummy. Oh, for a moment I thought it was an orange, but now that you tell me, I can see it's Mummy. Um, aren't you going to give her any nose? No? No nose. I think it's so interesting the way they see things, don't you? Sydney, stop blowing at Edgar and get something to do. Yes, I know I said you could choose what you're going to do, but you cannot choose to blow at Edgar. Well, because I don't think it's a good idea. Well, because I, I'm not going to discuss it with you, Sydney. Now go over there and join Susan at her sand table. Yes, there is room, Sue. There's heaps of room. Just move up. Susan, we never bite our friends. Now say you're sorry to Sydney. No, you needn't kiss him. No, you needn't hug him. Susan, put him down. Sydney, ah, uh ah. -uh. I'm afraid some of our egos are a little on the big side today, Mrs. <laughs> Hingle. Hazel, dear, I don't want to have to tell you again. Please come away from that door. Why can't you? Well, you shouldn't put your finger in a keyhole and then it wouldn't get stuck in there, would it? Children, I don't think there's any need for everybody to come and look just because poor Hazel's got her finger stuck in a keyhole. Now, back to your places, everybody, right away. David, David, turn round. Right round, please, David. Use your hanky. And again. And again. And wipe. Thank you, David. Now then, Hazel, why did you put your finger in a keyhole? To see if it would go in. Well, let's see if we can get it out, shall we? Oh, it is stuck in, isn't it? No, Sydney, I don't think Hazel's finger is stuck in the keyhole forever and ever. And I don't suppose for a moment we shall have to get the fire brigade to come along and take the door down so that we can get poor Hazel's finger out. You do exaggerate, Sydney, don't you? Well, if we don't get her finger out by dinner time, she'll have to have her dinner here, won't she? And her tea. And her supper and stay the night. But we're going to get it out, aren't we, Hazel? That's right. But who is making that buzzing noise? Neville, I don't want to speak to you again. Yes, I know you're a busy bee, but I don't want to hear you buzzing. No, not even very quietly. I can still hear you, Neville. Neville, I should think so. He's such a musical child, and, you know, one doesn't like to discourage them. Sydney, please take that paintbrush out of your ear and give it back to Lavinia. Yes, you do want it, Lavinia. Yes, you do. You love painting. Yes, you do. Yes, dear, you do. You love painting. George! Don't do that. Now then, Hazel... Dear, it is stuck, isn't it? You know, Mrs. Hingle, this child's finger is really stuck in the keyhole. Well, I think the fire brigade are the best in an emergency, don't you? Yes, I have. I've got a telephone in my office. Would you? Oh, I am grateful. Thank you so much. Well, I'll just tell the children. Uh, children, I want everybody to be very grown up and very sensible. We're going to see if we can get one of those nice firemen along to help us to get Hazel's finger out of the key. Oh, you've got it out. Oh, well done, Hazel. Mrs. Hingle, she's got it out. Oh, isn't that lovely? Sydney, you're not to go near that door. Sydney, you're not to put your finger... Sydney, I spoke too soon, Mrs. Hingle. Oh, Sydney...
had three brothers, Harold and Robert and James, all of them tall and handsome, all of them good at games. And I was allowed to field for them, to bowl to them, to score. I was allowed to slave for them forever and ever more. Oh, I was allowed to fetch and carry for my three brothers, Jim and Bob and Harry. All of my brothers, Harry and Jim and Bob, grew to be good and clever, each of them at his job. I was allowed to wait on them to be their slave complete. I was allowed to work for them, and life for me was sweet. For I was allowed to fetch and carry for my three brothers, Jim and Bob and Harry. Jim went out to South Africa. Bob went out to Ceylon. Harry went out to New Zealand and settled in Wellington. And the grass grew high on the cricket pitch, and the tennis court went to hay. And the place was too big and too silent after they went away. So I turned it into a guest house after our parents died. I wrote to the boys every Sunday. And once a year they replied. All of them married eventually. I wrote to their wives, of course. Their wives wrote back on postcards. Well, it might have been very much worse. And now I have nine nieces, most of them home at school. I have them all to stay here for the holidays, as a rule. To work for them, to do odd jobs galore. I am allowed to work for them, and life is sweet once more. For I am allowed to fetch and carry for the children of Jim and Bob and Harry. I was in Africa recently, and I was driven by an African driver, and we had a conversation about reading and books, and I have turned his conversation into a sort of piece, and I've made a formal shape of it. But this is exactly what he said, and his name was is Nicodemus. I cannot leave my country. I cannot get a pass to go away. Money is something you must have also, and money is something I do not have today. But I am making a discovery. Right where I am are books and books, and books are full of people and places, and wide new ideas and poems on love and other subjects. And I am going away, away. I am going away in books. All the time I am traveling in my head, all over the world I am going. I am traveling in my head, and I am knowing 
different places, different history, different thinking, different mystery, and people, people talking all the time. I am traveling in my head making discovery. Johannesburg is my city. I drive a big car for a businessman. Waiting is something I must do often, and when I am waiting, I am reading when I can. Since I am making my discovery, more I am reading books and books, and books are full of terrible stories and wonderful visions growing of man and what he can be, and I am going away, away. I am going away in books. All the time I am traveling in my head, all over the world I am going. I am traveling in my head and I am knowing different places, different history, different thinking, different mystery, and people, people talking all the time. I am traveling in my head, making discovery, making discovery. the world I knew I wouldn't go back for a day though I like to think of a world I knew in a far off way I only see the skies as permanently blue and all the people that I loved as young and handsome too but I wouldn't go back to the world I knew it's haunted now and dead A different wind is blowing And who knows what's ahead There we were, the lot of us The people I knew then Glamorous girls with flattened figures Glamorous bright young men Safe, contained, confident, madly cheerful, fearfully gay Certain youth would last forever in an ever better way Let's play tennis, oh how topping bags me play with Teddy Daphne darling, you look spiffing service, are you ready? There we were, the lot of us, thoughtless, spoiled and young When the sun was always shining and the lovely songs were sung there we were, the lot of us Were we with it long ago? Did we think we knew the answer? I, I don't know But I wouldn't go back to the world I knew I wouldn't go back for a day Though I still like to think of the world I knew In a far-off way sun and all that peace it must have been serene it must have been delightful when we were young and green but I wouldn't go back to the world I knew although the sky seemed clear a hurricane is blowing now but I am glad I'm here. 
No, I wouldn't go back to the world I knew. It was narrow, small, and tame. It had to go the world I knew. But it was fun then, just the same. You have been listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. This week, I brought you an hour of Joyce Grenfell. That's all for this week, folks. So until I speak to you again next week, it's the Grenfell saying, keep smiling. We've got some off-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie OPs, pool games, gold chains, wuss names, and header push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Bush, 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 bush. Income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a straw. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.